Hello, everyone. Welcome to our newest episode in English of Hablar and Chill. As usual, I'm Roni here with my co-host Rodrigo. How are you, Rodrigo? Well, uh, everything's fine. I mean, it's uh, late in the morning, but uh, I'm fine. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. The only one who this time is good for is our esteemed soon-to-be CFA charter holder, Zuhair Barazanji. Please introduce yourself. Wow, thank you. Thank you very much for the prestigious introduction. Um, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I can't believe you guys are already at the sixth episode. So congratulations, first of all. And thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, in terms of an introduction, my name is Zohair. Um, I'm basically an investment analyst living in Canada. Um, I know Roni from a very, very long time ago, back when we were just uh, some kids playing in the streets, <laughs> playing, playing some, uh, some football in the streets. So yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely nice to be here. Yeah, we, we, used to, we used to run the entire city, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, yes. Okay, and uh, the topic of today in general is the, is the stock market and the, the financial sector as a whole. And uh, a useful place to start, to set the stage is, uh, is what happened with GameStop recently. And uh, for those viewers who aren't very familiar with, uh, with the financial sector or with finance in general, this won't be a very technical episode. Quite the, on the contrary, actually, will be will be simplifying everything and using the craziness that's happening these days and sort of extrapolating from that to talk about how we see finance, uh, uh, how it should be in in the society ideally, and we also get the perspective of of Zuhair, someone who's regularly involved on the daily uh, in this sector. So let us know, Zuhair, what, uh, what happened with GameStop. Explain to, to us and to our viewers what's going on. For sure. So what's been happening with GameStop, and it's still happening, actually. It's a very unique phenomenon, honestly. And um, I'm sure people have, you know, read, um, they've read on the news, you know, headlines, GameStop surges, you know, 2,000% or whatever. And um, yeah, there's more to the story than that, actually. So essentially, you know, what is GameStop? GameStop is just a video game store that, that's been struggling financially. Now that most games, you know, they're available online. You can buy most of your PS4, Xbox games all on the store. You don't have to go to a physical store. And um, yeah, when COVID hit, the stock reached as low as $2.5. And uh, this made it such an interesting company for investors to bet against because essentially it was struggling. Um, they weren't making that much money. And investors wanted to make money by betting against this company. So the more it goes down, the more those investors would make. Exactly. They make profit when the value of the stock goes down. Mm -hmm. So essentially what happened was a group of Reddit users they, they were on this thread. I'm sure everybody's heard about it by now, Wall Street Bets. And um, they coordinated, and one of them, Keith Gill, um, also known as Diamond Hands, 
he realized that you know there's a lot of investors shorting the stock or betting against the stock and that there was an opportunity for everyone to come together and fight against these people and actually boost the stock up so it's very interesting that this effort was so coordinated and it's just a bunch of you know millennial reddit users um just came together and managed to all you know go in and buy the stock and push it all the way up to 483 dollars um that doesn't definitely doesn't happen every day and it's uh it's actually very very interesting phenomenon um and hedge funds they lost billions of dollars it's the smaller small investor mm. against these huge hedge funds with billions of dollars and you know this, these small investors managed to be heard you know and and those big uh, investors are the ones who usually manipulate the stock market in order to achieve the specific outcomes that would be favorable to them of course these hedge funds they have a lot of capital and they pursue you know a variety of strategies Mm-hmm. and um, some of them are ethical, some of them not so ethical. And, um, you know, the end goal is just to make as much money as possible for their shareholders, for their investors. Okay. Um, so in, in this case, where they were betting against the stock and these Reddit users started boosting up the stock, these hedge funds were losing billions. And the only way to stop it was to get Robinhood to actually stop people or limit people from buying GameStop which is completely illegal. <laughs> you should never limit someone from buying a, stock, a public stock just to, you know, preserve your pro- like a hedge fund's profits. Um, it's honestly ridiculous. And um, there is a huge, huge, like, outcry. Okay, one, one thing I'm not, uh, one thing I think we should clear up is where sure. were these people on Reddit, were they buying the stock or were they buying other financial products derived from the stock like options no they were actually buying the stock itself okay and the volume the the intense volume of trading for the stock moved it up to a point where basically these hedge funds that were betting against the stock they had to cover their shorts now what does that mean mm-hmm. that basically means they have to stop betting against the stock because now they're losing money now that the stock price is going up they have to cancel their bets and they have to buy the stock and return it because essentially they borrow it when they short it. Yeah. Um, so with that and people buying GameStop, it just boosted the stock to, to the moon. <laughs> okay. And how, how did these people on Reddit, how did they figure out that, or how does someone figure out that these um, hedge funds are shorting the stock? Like, is that information public? Where, where did they find out about this? Or how can so it's, someone it find is out? Definitely, it is definitely public information. If you go on Yahoo Finance and you type in a ticker for any stock or company, um, you click on statistics and you can actually see um, the, the, the short uh, float or how many people are shorting the stock as a percentage. Okay. Um, so essentially what Keith Gill or Diamond Hands did was notice that and he capitalized on it by bringing it to these Reddit users who at that point, you know, they were willing to do whatever to trade with momentum to make some money as well, right? And also, I guess some of them wanted to prove a point to these hedge funds that, you know, us, you know, small fish investors, mm-hmm. we can also make money, you know? We can also do what you guys do. Yeah. 
Rodrigo, what are what yeah. are what, are your what have you heard about this? So the the thing is, uh, when I first heard about this, I didn't understand anything because I didn't understand was what shorting was. Mm -hmm. So I had to do a little bit of research because it's it's not very intuitive to be honest. It's it's completely different. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe we should very briefly explain how how shorting works mm -hmm. and how this little fish investors. Uh, from Reddit, how they played the game against these hedge funds, but in a different way. They, they were, of course, they were not shorting. They were not doing the same thing as they were doing, you know? For sure. So that's definitely a good point. Um, you know, for some people, it's not easy to wrap your head around, you know, what shorting is. Um, let's start with simple way of putting it. It's basically betting against the stock. But what are you actually doing? How do you bet against the stock, right? Yep. So first of all, um, you have an account with the bank. You borrow the share, right? They lend you the share. And uh, basically what you're hoping for is that the price of that share is going to go down. So when it's at a low price, you buy it back. And then you return it to the bank. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> right? So once again, let me, let me repeat that. You borrow the stock from the bank, okay? Um, you sell it right away to someone. Mm -hmm. okay. At a high price. At a high price. Yep. And you wait for it to go down. You buy it back at a low price. You return it to the bank. You don't owe the bank anything anymore. And you keep the difference between the price you sold it for and the price you bought it back for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah. now... What, what were these Reddit investors doing? Because they were not doing the same thing. No, they were not doing the same thing. What they were simply doing is just buying the stock. And by buying the stock, they were putting pressure on the people, on the hedge funds that were shorting the stock. So because the Reddit users were buying the stock, obviously its price is going to go up. The more it goes up, the more these hedge funds are in trouble. Because basically they have to maintain a certain amount of margin mm -hmm. to return to the bank, right? Because they owe mm -hmm. that share to the bank. And if it's, yeah. you know, getting more and more expensive, it'll be harder for them to cover their short. Mm -hmm. And they, they might even lose money because they have to buy it back. At, at a higher price. price. Exactly. Exactly. And that's yes. even if they can buy it back because at some point they were not even able to buy it back because... These exactly. Reddit investors were just holding on to these. They uh, were stuff, pumping right? it. They were pumping it. <laughs> so yeah, and they honestly, invested a lot of money because it was a in, from the hedge funds' perspective, it was a, it was a a sure thing, no, that it would go down. For them, yeah, like financially yeah. on paper, the company is definitely a losing company. Yeah, it was a sound strategy. Exactly. Um, but so you know, what? I'm I'm happy that you know this one person was able to notice that and bring it to the public, to the Reddit users, and you know, yeah. together come and like fight against these these hedge funds. So it's honestly yeah. it's very nice to see. It's and also it's, nice it's, to see that they they usually that subreddit is usually filled with degenerates, people who yes who do who who, who including yourself, Roni. I remember I remember when you told me about Wall Street bets. Yeah, yeah, the people who and. What's crazy, what's crazy is that when you told me about it, Wall Street Bets, I think it had like 
less than a million followers, probably like 200 or 300,000. No, time. no, it was, at, it was at 2 million when I started. Was it at 2 million? It was at 2 million. I don't know why I remember it was in the hundreds of thousands when you told that, me about that it. That was before. That was before uh, the uh, Robin Hood like blew up and and that whole thing happened, you know? And what is it now? Like 12 million? I haven't uh, checked actually. Users? I'm, afraid, I'm afraid to check, man, because... So it's it's ten million degenerates. <laughs> okay, yeah. How bad? Quite literally, there are people who will throw all their money on on hype, on a rumor, and yes. pray yes. pray to the gods that they they end up with a mansion and a boat. Now, see, that's that's where I, you know, I don't like to see that. I don't like to see people who are just starting to learn about investing and stocks and. You know, the first thing they see is this Wall Street bets shit. And they're like, okay, let me do whatever people are doing. And let me just get with the hype. See, that I don't like. I like the fact that people were able to come together and realize, you know, there's a discrepancy here. There's an opportunity. You know, we can come together, you know, do something with this. But just like blindly following what people are posting on a Reddit thread, you know, that's... Mm. On that's one hand, on one hand, it, it does make me happy because let's say in a, in a real sort of hypothetical real free market consumers are supposed to be able to do these kind of things right if a company is doing something um, shady or or giving uh, inadequate or poor services then the consumers are supposed to be able to come together and stop buying from them so that the company either gets better or goes bankrupt and ceases to to offer services on the market right but that, that doesn't really happen in the real economy, in the tangible economy. There's so many, for example, uh, what's it called? Uh, United Air or, or so, one of, like the, the airline industry in the US, I mean, the, or in the world in general, like the prices are insane and nobody will sort of boycott these things because people have work trips to do, people want to go on vacations. Like it's not as easily organizable as it is in this case with reddit but then on the other hand it's 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 kind of depressing because this kind of volatility and speculation and value based on expectations as opposed to real uh, added value to the productivity of the economy it it makes it very suspicious i mean how how sustainable is a system like this how can it be controlled from, let's say, a government's perspective? Like, how do you stop? How, like, should it be controlled at all? And if not, like, when there's something serious, I mean, let's talk about the the, the stimulus package that the, the Fed uh, introduced. Tell us about that. Like, how much money was required and why did they do it? Okay, so there's a lot there that you covered. Yeah. Um, so... Just going back to, you know, markets, um, you know, essentially the purpose of the markets, you know, theoretically is to provide capital to the most, you know, effective businesses that will make use of that capital and grow your money for you. Right. And they grow your, they grow your capital by investing in the economy, by, you know, hiring more people, investing in machinery, whatever it is, A new country expand. That's essentially how um, companies grow. But um, from, from your perspective, at this point, people just see it as 
you know, um, something that you can make money on off of your mobile screen. You see some, you know, tickers, you throw your money in there and, you know, just, it's like a casino. It's like literally a casino. People right now are at home. Um, they're getting these stimulus um, checks and um, they just throw it in there and see what happens. So that I definitely don't think is good for the economy. And that's why you see that there's a lot of stocks that are in a bubble uh, for sure. And going back to stimulus, you know, since the beginning of COVID, um, I think the U.S. has injected about $5 trillion, which is about 27% of their annual GDP. And that's just mind boggling to me. Um, and obviously we need stimulus because, you know, it's, it is a pandemic that we haven't witnessed in, in um, decades. So there is a need for it, but at the same time, does it really need that much stimulus? Do you really need to go out there and, and buy a crazy amount of bonds and, and do all this quantitative easing? Some people argue, yes, to keep the financial market stable, to keep companies functioning properly, to keep you know, capital moving uh, liquidity, um, to keep that all you know, moving smoothly. So does that answer your question? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's understandable why uh, during this crisis caused by what's called the great lockdown, it's understandable why a stimulus is needed, why quantitative easing is needed. Mm -hmm. uh, but my, I don't know, my, my issue generally tends to be that the, as you said, to keep financial markets stable. Why is it important to keep financial markets stable when people can't even pay rent? Like these are the kind of, I always tend to question these kind of things from that perspective, from the perspective of the average citizen who's completely detached from the financial market and the financial market tends to be detached, at least sectors of the financial market, tend to be detached from the, the tangible economy. I mean, where are these uh, uh, Wall Street bets or casual investors, where are they putting their money? Well, in this case, it was GameStop. But I mean, usually what do they do? They buy options and uh, you can shed some light to our viewers on what options are. Uh, but in general, they're buying financial products that are derivatives of the actual product itself meaning that they don't like buying and selling this financial commodity contributes very little if not nothing to the actual economy i mean this is it's not like they're taking their money investing it in 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 water or in in renewables or in uh, electricity or or an actual commodity they're buying financial products and like you said it's a casino so it's it makes it the fact that it's like this makes it more necessary for the Fed to intervene on such a large scale because I don't know, I feel like if, it, if everything was backed by real value, then it wouldn't be so volatile and crash so hard. Am I making sense? Absolutely. No, you're making sense with that last point for sure. Um, just going back to Reddit users. So don't forget, this is just a very small group of, of investors, okay? So it's not like, you know, you're talking about the worldwide market. At the end of the day, you know, companies, they need 
public funding to be able to, you know, pay their employees to grow and hire more people, which essentially goes back to your average Joe, right? Um, that's how it's important for them. The stock market um, isn't the economy, but it is an indicator for the economy, right? Mm -hmm. It's a leading indicator. Um, usually when the stock market crash happens, the economy goes into shit after that. Um, so it is an indicator for sure. Um, and just going back to your thing about options. Now people, you know, they say that, you know, trading options does not provide any value to society. It's just a matter of, um, you know, betting on something and either it goes your way or it doesn't, you make money or you don't make money. Um, but again, options trading, the, the conviction behind it is that it makes markets more efficient. Um, you know, it does also create more jobs in the financial sector. So, but again, you're, you're still leaving out people out of this financial bubble, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely believe there's so many things wrong with the financial system, but at the same time, we also need it. Um, it's, just, it's just a matter of, you know, reforming and correcting. Um, easier said than done. It'll take years and it'll take governments actually willing to, you know, put in the policies required. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But let's say let's take a radical uh, approach, and let's say, for example, uh, a financial market that in which you're not allowed to own shares of a company where you don't work. I mean, obviously, from from I would imagine your first instinct is to say, well, okay, well, how are these companies supposed to uh, generate capital? How are they supposed to? Uh, get money for new projects for new investments well aren't that isn't that what banks are for i mean they can wh why is it more efficient for the system to be like this as opposed to the company taking a loan like a straight up loan a traditional loan from a bank because it costs know. it costs them much less when you're yeah. taking when you're taking a loan from a bank you're paying interest on it but when you're getting funding from the public equity market, um, you don't really owe anything. You're taking that capital. Yes, the investor owns a tiny share of your company. Um, and basically they're betting on your company to succeed mm -hmm. and um, for your returns to be distributed evenly to your shareholders. Um, and that's basically a much cheaper source of funding than actually going to banks and you know proving to banks that you're good, you're good for the money, you know? And also that will also affect your interest rate, how much they charge you for the interest rate. So it's just an easier way uh, and a cheaper way. So that's, that's really the main it reason. It makes sense, you know, it's not, a, it's not an easy question to answer, but I don't know, it, it's, it's, it comes, sure it's cheaper. I see that it's definitely, it's definitely cheaper for the company, but I don't know if we if we look at maybe we're only cherry picking maybe I'm only cherry picking and looking at extreme examples, mm -hmm. but it's cheaper for the company but more costly for the society. If I'm make if if I'm explaining myself well, at least in in the extreme cases when things don't go uh, as planned and things don't work out. Yes, for sure. Um, at the end of the day, the stock market is like it's it's a huge universe, man. Um, you can't like you can't generalize with these things, you know, at the end of the day, people trade commodities, people trade currencies, you know, like in our current society, 
in our modern world, um, it's, it's very tough to function without capital markets. It's very, very tough, um, especially in, in a globalized world right now. Yeah, we, we, saw, we saw that in 2008, no? Exactly how connected everything was. Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, that just shows you to, to what extent they've went with financial engineering and these, you know, derivative products and, you know, collateralized debt <laughs> obligations and stuff people don't want to hear about. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it is, it definitely gets disgusting. And um, there definitely needs to be more oversight on the top of the food chain. Mm. And uh, things need to be done to take us back to, to basically try to try and create an equal playing field for everyone. And I think th there's been steps towards that, you know. Yes, Robin Hood has been involved in this GameStop scandal and all of that, but it's still allowing everyday people to to join in on public equity markets with no commission. So um, in that sense, you know, there is more accessibility to the stock market. Um, but at the same time, people still need to be educated and that takes time. And um, yeah, and banks as well, they need to stop just trying to, you know, take every single mm -hmm. penny from people. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's going to take time, but, uh, how much, how much, like, since you're, since you're regularly exposed to and regularly, uh, checking on, uh, what's, what's going on in the, in the financial world, so to speak, how much mm -hmm. do you, how much do you see of the, of the following phenomena or the following, following scenario I'm, I'm, I'm about to say, like, for example, okay. let's say, um, some insane economist at the IMF or whatever at some private consultancy that I'm, I'm, I'm renowned on social media. People follow my account. Um, I post stuff regularly about what's happening. Let's say if I, one day I wake up and uh, I over, I, I smoke too much marijuana and I said for fun, I wanted to troll. And I said, I made a tweet saying um, up tomorrow the 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 great Br the British pound is gonna skyrocket in value. It's gonna appreciate and it's it's gonna go up in value. Okay. How much more likely is that to happen just because I said it? Um, so there's definitely cases where you know some famous investors or portfolio managers or analysts they come out with you know some kind of news piece. And it definitely does affect to a certain extent, especially day to day. But uh, if you look at it from a longer time horizon, things eventually smooth out and, you know, it's, people realize it's just noise. Um, so if you're looking at it from a very short term perspective, definitely there can be spikes. Like I'll give you an example, like Elon fucking Musk, right? Um, this guy, yeah, he, he tweets like, I'm going to buy fucking Bitcoin, you know, 1.5 billion of Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm going to let you buy Tesla cars and Bitcoin and Bitcoin skyrockets. You know, it's not, it's not a coincidence uh, and Tesla as well, sky, skyrockets. And he so, knew that would happen. You know, you can't say. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. there's definitely cases where, you know, especially in social media where, you know, one tweet or one, you know, one thing can, can actually 
you can see the effects on it. Um, but again, if you look at it from a longer um, time horizon, things smooth out and you know start making sense again. Okay, from I I, I can see that. But those spikes don't they have some kind of downside? Don't they affect some people badly or badly enough to where it's a problem? Um, that's a very general question. Again, it depends. Like if let's say someone says bad, something says something bad about your stock and your stock price goes down. If you sell when it goes down, obviously you're going to lose money. But if you just don't do anything and you know, consider it that it's just some garbage news um, and then it goes back up, then you're fine. So it's at the end of the day, it, it comes down to when you're buying and when you're selling. Okay. Right? And from a macro perspective? Micro, as in like the, the economy as a whole, like don't these don't these things tend to affect unemployment, interest, even though they're temporary spikes? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think a tweet will affect employment. No, I don't. I don't think so. No, but not the tweet. So. But um, the the yeah. the, 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 the the current that follows the wave, you know, like the 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 momentum. Yeah, exactly. That's the word I'm looking for. The momentum. Yeah, there's there's definitely know. there's definitely cases where momentum can be damaging to some investors. At the end of the day, it comes down to you realizing is this actually like legitimate news or is it just some you know bullshit momentum? So yeah, as with everything, very 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 subjective. Very subjective. Yeah, as with everything, I mean, if people don't take it seriously and they don't do exactly. their research, then exactly. it's gonna be a a fucking mess. But uh, let's. Let, I want to go back to something that's okay with you. You said something interesting at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I think it's a nice way to to a nice topic to start ending the this episode. And for sure, from an ethical perspective, when you were explaining GameStop, you said these hedge funds sometimes they employ to achieve the outcome uh, that's favorable for them. You said sometimes they employ um, ethical strategies and sometimes not ethical ones. Mm-hmm. you want to elaborate on that like what's what's especially from your perspective it's interesting uh what's ethical and what's not i mean i'd like to let's see what the okay. cfa teaches <laughs> <laughs> okay i don't know i was gonna get tested here on the spot but uh yeah like so honestly um you know i don't have that much exposure to hedge funds um generally i don't invest in hedge funds um i do know a couple of things about them um what i can tell you that some of the unethical things they try to do is um, so they're famous for, you know, shorting things. Again, we spoke about that. They're betting against stuff. And sometimes they try to affect these stocks um, by coming out with some news or like they try to directly affect the stock price um, sometimes illegally Mm. just so that their, you know, their short is profitable. Um, if that, that makes can sense. be that can be through information or through... it can be through information it can be through you know some some kind of like um i can't even think of an example right now but yeah it's mostly done through information through stuff they release um that can definitely affect the thing that they're targeting because hedge funds you know they're usually smart money that's how, that's what they're seen at so they have a lot of influence um when they come out and they say, oh, we want to short this, we want to do that, uh, people listen. So um, that's yeah, an example I can think of. Rodrigo, where where do you stand on... on- Rodrigo's been silent for a while. He's, he's just like, <laughs> fuck this, man. I can't wait to finish this shit right now. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm, 
I'm listening and I'm learning uh, because, of course, this is not my field of expertise. Yes. Um, so for me, honestly, um, this whole market engineering, it, it sounds too counterintuitive. Like for me, from my very basic perspective, if you invest in a company, you know, long-term because you expect them to do something good or they, or they uh, you expect them to, to bring out a product or something, you know, you, you're investing because you see potential in it. Yes. Um, I think that's the most natural uh, way of investing and maybe the less... Um, the, the least um, damage damaging yeah. you know mm-hmm. um, and all this like shorting and uh, betting against the stock and and you know trying to buy and sell in short term and it like, complicates life man <laughs> you're not really investing in in the economy you're just uh, trying yeah, now to now it's trading money, now you know it's, like now it's, it's that's it's, trading it's just, yeah, it's, you're, you're fucking up the companies. Sorry for my language, but yeah. you're fucking up the companies and fucking up the people and and, uh, and fucking up the economy. Like, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Sometimes, like, shorting can be... <clears throat> like investing, I mean, it's long-term also. There, there, there's, a, there's a nice, uh, like, short uh, documentary on Netflix. I think it's called Dirty Money where uh, in one episode, I think it was uh, about pharmaceuticals, about Valiant, where like two, two or three people shorted Valiant because their business model was like a pyramid scheme. So they're a, they were a pharmaceutical company that instead of uh, investing in research and development and producing new drugs and patenting them, they would just, their business model was buying drugs that were already invented and buying those companies and buying those drugs and patenting those drugs, you know? And these people, they analyzed this, they figured this out and they're like, okay, this company is full of shit. I want them, I think they're gonna fail because this business model cannot work, should not work and it's not ethical and they're lying. So we're gonna short them and it worked there out. You go. They, they made a there lot you of go. money. So there are cases when, you know, shorting, isn't the worst thing in the world you're actually exposing a corrupt corporation or you know uh, let's say for example so a corporation that's damaging the environment you know you short that you know it has no future so is that really a bad thing i guess so, i guess it boils down to long term versus short term you know i i kind of agree with rodrigo in the sense from a from economic theory and economic analysis long term investments are generally more sensible and more thought through and more value driven as opposed to short term which are generally speculation like by definition i mean the i i couldn't agree more i currently short term has to be speculation i mean what what like a company is not gonna innovate something in 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 a month you know like they, there's just no room for there to be real value when it comes to short term so i guess we can have this conversation on on another day about short term versus long term investing. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, That's a whole other topic. But uh, no, I think Rodrigo, you know, like you have the right idea. And honestly, that's the way I try to look at things because, you know, if you try to overcomplicate things and you put in so many factors into what's going to happen and look at the shorting and quantitative easing. No, but you just look at this company. Okay. What are they doing? What kind of business are they in? 
Um, are they, you know, doing something productive? Are they expanding? Are they, you know, trending upwards? What's happening with this company? How is it going to look in two, three years? What are the fundamentals? You know, so definitely that's the right way to be looking at things, not in terms of um, I think the stock is going to go up next week or, you know, the next couple of days. Because if you look at history, um, stocks have been trending upwards and obviously there is some corrections. So simply statistically, the longer you hold, the more likely you're going to do better. So it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 like, I'm so tempted to, to, to sum this up the way I do with most things when, when it comes to social sciences and, and, and these, these fields that are not um, natural sciences, so to speak, is that the problem most of the problems have to do with the people, not the thing in itself. I mean, sure, we can find flaws, like you said, in the financial system, and there are a lot of things that we can remedy. But in general, regardless of what system we choose, there's always going to be idiots that don't think things through and can't see further than their nose, as we say in Arabic. There's an expression, can't see further than your nose. And... and, uh, they compose most of the examples which are used to sort of um, delegitimize the system that exists, which it makes sense. I mean, we can see that, like, for example, with the, uh, the argument about or the discussion about if social media good or bad in society was like, I mean, there's a lot of good uses, but then there's also a lot of people who don't use it well, and therefore it becomes bad, it becomes unhealthy, right? So. I feel like this also falls into that kind of uh, paradigm, no? I mean, I don't know. It's the no, way I, ca- I kind of see. Yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. At the end of the day, it's a tool, and it, it all comes down to how you use it. And you know, definitely, some people manipulate the system and they try to benefit themselves at the cost mm-hmm. of others. So, definitely, mm-hmm. there has to be you know, certain um, loopholes that have to be closed, gaps, regulation has to be, you know, on point, especially with this whole GameStop scenario. I think um, the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, which is the U.S.'s um, regulatory body, could have done a much better job monitoring that situation. So all uh, I know is that when I start earning real money, I'm, I'm putting it with you, bro. That's all <laughs> I know. Thanks for... Say less, bro. Yeah, it's in safe hands. We got to close, but uh, thank you for being here, bro. I'm it's a sure, pleasure. It's a pleasure, I'm honestly. I'm sure you'll join us again. For sure. I'd love to. And next time you guys choose the topic, it doesn't have to be stocks. Uh, it could be anything. So it's, yes. a, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, See everyone. You next time. Yeah. Bye-bye. Peace. Guys.